The following audio is from the Grove Church Marysville campus. For more information about our church or to listen to previous sermons, check out our website at grove.church. I hope you're doing well. Um, We're jumping into a new series today called It's Christmas. And uh, if you got a Bible with you, I always encourage you to bring a Bible. I know I say it a lot. Bring a Bible, be familiar with the pages, where things are at. But we're going to be in Matthew chapter 1, and then we'll also be in Luke chapter 1. And so you guys can turn there. Of course, if you've got a smartphone with a Bible app, you can go there um, as well. Look that up and go there. And that works. A couple things real quick. I had somebody ask me in the lobby a little bit ago, uh, the reading plan actually ended today. If you've kept up, we ended today. And so it's like, well, we still have a few weeks left of the year. And, and you know, what's up? So it, first of all, if you're on version, which is where we navigate um, Bible reading plans, there's all kinds of plans available that you can subscribe to just for like a couple of days, a week, a couple of weeks at a time through the Christmas season. And they're specifically focused on some of those scriptures in Luke and Matthew. So I encourage you to check those out. The other thing is, We will have another plan available um, as we get towards the end of this year, closer to January, another plan that we'll put out there for 2021. And so if you're looking for a plan to read, we will have another plan that we always, we kind of switch it up year to year, but we'll have another plan available um, as we get towards January. And you can follow along with that as well. I was mentioning that in the lobby and one of the guys that was asking me said, you know, I just want to let you know that I read the plan this year. I kind of kept up with it and finished it today. And I just want to let you know it was super valuable to just to gain perspective, to gain wisdom, to learn some new things. And so I want to encourage you, as I always do, but encourage you to be a regular Bible reader and studier of scripture. And the reading plan is a super easy way for you to do that throughout the year. There's other ways to study, of course, but that's one really simple and really good way for you to do that. So I wanted to let you know that. Um, And uh, also, Jen's going to mention it at the end in a little bit here too, but we have the gift and we do it every year just to help families that are struggling this holiday season um, to to have uh, gifts available, food available as well um, for families. And um, if you haven't jumped in, if you're doing fine financially and you're able to help out at all, we would appreciate that a ton because we've got a lot of families that we want to help. We never turn anyone away. Um, And so encourage you to, to jump in and be a part of that. Jen will explain more as we get towards the end of our gathering today. Like I said, we jump into a new series. And um, a few nights ago, my wife and I were out a little later than we had planned to be. And so we were, we were talking about, where do you want to grab some dinner? And so we ended up eating outside at a restaurant. The only thing was we weren't, weren't really prepared to sit outside and it was freezing cold. And so we were absolutely like freezing and laughing about like, this is kind of miserable, but kind of funny. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to take a picture and capture this moment just because it's something we'll probably never forget. And so I took a picture, set my phone down, continued with the dinner. After that, we went out and tried to do a little more Christmas shopping and headed home. And when I got home that night, I looked at my phone and was looking at the picture that I took. I only took one, which was the first mistake, but the picture that I took, somehow I must have have moved the phone as I was taking it because it was absolutely blurry and you couldn't make anything out on it. And um, I thought, man, what a great way to ruin the fact that, you know, that. so I kept the picture and actually posted it on social media. But um, sometimes in our lives, the best moments are when things don't go right. In fact, if you think about, you know, things that you've been through that when you look at life and go, that didn't go the way we planned, it's amazing what can be learned if we're willing to step back and instead of becoming sour that it didn't play out the way you wanted it to, a different perspective allows you to learn new things. And so it's crazy because this Christmas story isn't really different from our own experience. And so like I said, we'll be in Matthew, but let me start in at Matthew chapter one at verse 18. It says this, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah came about. 
His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law or a righteous man and didn't want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. The basic story of Christmas as it opens up right here in Matthew is a story of a guy who finds out his wife is pregnant, but, but keep in mind, even in the verse I just read, at that moment, Joseph wasn't necessarily aware that it was the Holy Spirit. So think about this. You're engaged, you're moving towards marriage, there's a wedding date planned somewhere out in the future, and, and your fiance comes to you and says, I just need you to know I'm pregnant. Your first thought isn't, it was probably God. Your first thought isn't like, well, the Lord did it, everything's cool, we're good, let's keep going. And that's exactly Joseph's deal. Joseph's like, I don't know what the deal is here, I don't know what's going on, I don't even want to get into like who and what, and I don't, none of it. All the, all the thing is, is, is we got to part ways, we got we to separate here, we got to go other directions, and that's kind of his plan. By the way, when it says he had a mind to divorce her quietly, back in the day, engagement was taken so seriously that it was like being married. And so he had a mind to divorce her. And the reason it says quietly is because if her being pregnant was exposed publicly, according to the Old Testament law, she literally could be stoned to death. If not stoned to death, she could end up living you know, in her parents' home forever, never allowing to be married again. That's how serious this issue was. So Joseph loves her enough to want to protect her, even though he's not thinking like, well, you know, it's all good, we'll move forward. He's going, hey, it's time to, you know, navigate divorce and and part ways, and it is what it is, and he's heartbroken over it. If you want the perfect story, you don't let Mary get pregnant, and Joseph isn't aware of what's going on. And so as it continues, um, you, you look at it in, in verse uh, 20, and it says this, but after he had considered this, Matthew 1, verse 20, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And so obviously, the Lord shows Joseph what's going on with Mary, and he moves forward with integrity, doing the right thing. But there's a little window of time that we see Joseph wasn't exactly akin to the whole picture. Verse 22 says, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us, which is amazing. And now I wanna look at Luke for a second here. It says, in those days, Luke, 1, Luke 2, verse one, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Did you catch it? Not exactly the perfect story. A woman who is nearly nine months pregnant is required now to travel 80 miles in order to get to the town where, the cens- where they were required to go because of the census that Caesar Augustus issued. 
Do you have any idea? I've never been a pregnant woman. But do you have any idea, being almost nine months pregnant, nearly full term, what it would be like to travel 80 miles on an animal or in a cart that an animal is towing for a few days? Any idea how amazing that experience could be? How wonderful that experience could be? And so here they are having to travel because of the census. If you want a perfect story, there wouldn't be a census. See, modern day, it's 2020 and we're familiar with the census because it just happened. People either show up at your door and go, hey, I'm from the census, here's my ID. Could we ask you some questions about your family and the details? Or they send something in the mail and you fill it out and send it in, voila, census done. But it didn't happen like that back then. And having to travel like they did, I can't imagine, was an amazing experience. I can't imagine how many moments that, 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 that maybe she felt sour and frustrated. Joseph feels humiliated because he's having to bring his wife in tow 80 miles to get to the town they were required to go to for the census. It's not a perfect story. Luke 2 continues in verse 6. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. So far, so good. Reason to celebrate. Hand out the you know, blue gummy cigars. Everything's awesome. She wrapped him in cloths. Great. Placed him in a manger because there was no room available at the inn or there was no guest room available for them. There's the clincher. Heather and I have four kids. Three of them were born at the Women's Pavilion in Everett. If you've had the experience of going to the Women's Pavilion in Everett, it's a great experience. All three of our kids that were born there, we look back and go, wow, they treated us so well. Wow, we have our own private room. Wow, this is going amazing. Wow, we get to go, this is awesome. Imagine me and Heather, she's very pregnant, showing at the, up at the pavilion, she gets off the donkey, we bring her to the sliding doors, okay? We, we go to head in, and the security guard meets us at the door and says, you know what, I am so sorry, you guys, there's no rooms available. I would be standing like, well, what, what, what do you mean? Like, there's not one room? Okay, what about maybe a hallway? Is there like a broom closet we can put her in? Is there something we can do to have our baby here? This place is amazing. I'm sorry, we got nothing. You're gonna have to head out, but here's something I know. There's a guy, you know, around the corner, down about 400 yards. He's got a little bit of property and he's got some animals and a whole bunch of straw. Why don't you have your baby there? You know how well that would go? Me and the security guard would get into it. You know what would happen? You, you know what would happen. I would lose badly. <laughs> yeah, don't even give me visions of grandeur about how you'd take him out and you'd have the baby and everything would be great. No, no, that security guard would have his way with you. You'd have a black eye. You'd end up on the news. Pastor, you know, beats up, tries to beat up security guard and, you know, goes to jail. And I'd be like, hey, no, honey, have it. I love you. Have the kid. I, figure out the name. I don't know. You know, like, I'd be out. See, what happens when you and I read the Christmas story is you and I read a story and we go, oh, that's so great. But it isn't so great. It isn't so perfect. It isn't so smooth. And yet, you and I will drive around this Christmas season and inevitably we'll look over to our left or to our right or ahead somewhere and we'll see a manger scene. 
And there'll be, you know, camels or there'll be shepherds with staffs or there'll be sheep and donkeys and, and Mary and Joseph and a little baby, a little figure in a manger. And we'll drive by and go there. See, there's somebody who understands what Christmas is about. Good for them. That's beautiful. And not realize that having your baby with a bunch of animals in a cave isn't so pleasant isn't so amazing, isn't so sterile and perfect and clean and isn't the way it should be. Look at the whole of the Christmas story and I'm skipping over all kinds of it right now. We'll come back to a bunch of the text in this series. But when you look at the Christmas story, it is not perfect. If you want the perfect story, the Messiah isn't born in a cave. But when you look at what the gospel writers have to show us about how the birth of Jesus Christ came about, it's a weird story. That sounds offensive, but it's a weird story. You're telling me God became like a baby in a womb and was born and as a cave and grew up and the huge, well, what? It's no wonder in certain mythology that the gods are powerful and lightning bolts and coming down from heaven and living on mountains and all this stuff in mythology. Those are the, the, the human written stories of, of, of the gods of the world in history. And yet the God of the Christian faith is a really odd story. A babe in a manger? Think about it for a second. The elements of the story? God's parents nearly getting divorced? What? If, if I were to ask you today to tell me about like the worst Christmas that you've experienced, if I were to say, hey, why don't we share in here for a little while today Christmas that, that, that just didn't go well, things that just didn't go right, there are some of us that have stories that we would be rolling in the aisles as we tell them. There will be moments that you look back on and go, oh man, that Christmas and that experience, it was a disaster. And yet somehow you can still look fondly at what happened and laugh about it. Why is that? Some of the best experiences that you and I have are not because everything went perfect. In fact, some of the best experiences you and I have looking back are when things didn't always go so perfect. So when you and I look at Christmas, and let me just say this, if Christmas has to be about the right tree, the right decorations, the right food on the menu, the right songs on the playlist, the right people gathered in the room, the right weather outside watching snowflakes fall, the right gifts under the tree. If your perfect Christmas has to be because all of the stars align and everything is perfect, let me just be honest with you, it's probably not gonna happen. And you're sitting here going, I came to church for this? What about I bring you good news of great joy? Well, we'll get to that. 
What about the heavenly host singing glory to God? What about that? Not today. The thing that you and I have to understand is this. Christmas is already perfect. Because the perfect gift has already been given. See, that's why for the last about 2,000 years, people throughout the history of the world can celebrate Christmas. It's why still today, Christmas can be celebrated in Somalia, a war-torn nation. It's why Christmas actually can be celebrated sometimes by prisoners in jail. It's why Christmas can be celebrated during pandemics in history. It's why, no matter you can buy the right gifts or you can't, the right people can gather or they don't, it can still be celebrated. And we've got to remember that. This would be a tragedy of a year if you just went, let's just write off December this year. A tragedy of a year if you just, well, it's, it's not gonna be like it was, and so let's just throw the whole thing away and move on and get, get to whatever's next. Why? Because at the end of the day, for the follower of Christ, Christmas is about Jesus. And nothing can ever take that away from us. If you want the perfect Christmas, and it has to do with the way that you want it, then maybe you're not actually celebrating Christmas. I know, you're like, ouch. Couldn't you, couldn't you say it a different way? <laughs> couldn't you put a spin on it that makes it sound more positive? If Christmas has to be your version of perfect, then maybe you're not really celebrating Christmas. Why? Because all the decorations get old and go out of style. Because the gifts wear out. Because they get handed down or thrown in a, in a donation heap or tossed into the garbage. Because the people that we want to gather can't always gather and sometimes it could be because of the circumstance that we're in and sometimes it's because people pass away and you wish they could be there but they can't be. The reason that you and I resonate with a movie like Christmas Vacation is because it's about everything going wrong and we laugh. Nobody wants Aunt Bethany at your Christmas. It's a funny squeaky noise. You couldn't hear a dump truck driving, you know, it's a mess. A couple of senile, what in the world? Nobody wants Cousin Eddie to show up in his, in his trailer in your driveway. Don't go fall in love with it because we're taking it with us when we leave here next month. Go down and reach down to kiss the grandkids. Ah, I better take a rain check on that, Eddie. He's got a lip fungus, ain't identified yet. Great, awesome. Bring it on. Clark's bonus is a jelly of the month club? That'll send you sideways, right? 
there aren't 12 flavors of jam I even like. And so what does he do? He gets so up in arms, he tears it apart and gives a speech to the family, right? I got a great idea. If you're looking for any last minute Christmas gift ideas for me, I have one. I want Frank Shirley, my boss, right here. And I want him brought from his holiday slumber up on Melody Lane, right here with a big ribbon on his head. And I want to tell him, and I'll stop there. And most of you know why I'll stop there. But he goes off on this tirade of, of how upset he is because he doesn't get the bonus that he wanted to put in the pool. I can't swim, Clark. I know that, Eddie. And at the point that Cousin Eddie kidnaps the boss, walks him into the house, kick him in the pants, about ready to do some kissing. Remember that? And the police show up, break out all the windows. It's a disaster. We laugh because we resonate. There are things in our lives that don't go the way we want. That's not new to Christmas. That's life. That's called reality. And yet the reason I bring this up today isn't to make us all feel terrible. The reason I bring it up today is because Christmas is about Jesus. And there's nothing wrong with trying to create a great meal gathering the family or trying to buy some gifts that the kids want. Of course, yeah, helping others, serving, being generous. There's nothing wrong with, with, with these things, but if it's all about those things and those things don't play out, it shouldn't ruin our entire Christmas season because it's about Jesus. And like I said earlier, nothing can take that away from us. I was, I follow different pastors and, and try to learn from them some of the books they write and things that they say. And Louis Giglio is one that, that I followed for years and years now, a lot of respect for him. And he put out a post that I just wanted to read to you. I want you to think about this for a minute. This is what he says, literally, I'm just gonna read. Think about Jesus. Walk with Jesus. Call on Jesus. Help people see Jesus. Make your mission Jesus. Ask Jesus. Follow Jesus. Imitate Jesus. Read the red letters of Jesus. Cause others to talk more about Jesus. Share Jesus. Worship Jesus. Believe Jesus. Confess Jesus. Trust Jesus. Declare the authority of Jesus. And three more words. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Because you guys, nothing can take that away. The gift that's already been given was an invitation for you to open your heart to the Savior that never leaves. To the Savior that cared enough to deal with the separation sin causes in our lives. That you and I can find forgiveness. That you and I can hold on to hope. That you and I can have life abundantly every day, and it has nothing to do with all the stuff, but everything to do with the price paid by the babe born in a cave that grew up to pay the penalty for our sins on the cross. Nothing can ever take that away. Let's always make it about Jesus. Father, we turn to you. 
and just ask that your spirit would, would help us, God, to live in a way that we celebrate every day. That the Savior that, that was born in a manger, it's such a weird story. And it wasn't perfect, but I think it's a great reminder that in a world that we try to make beautiful, and we should, in a world where we want to buy gifts for others, and we should, in a world where we want to gather and, and, and have food together, and we should, nevertheless, when those things don't play out the way we want, we always have Jesus. And God forgive us where somehow it's got to be perfect according to our standards that we can hold loosely the want for the ways that it might go or should go. But we can always celebrate Jesus. Father, thank you for all that you've done through Emmanuel, God with us, you taking on flesh in order to live how we ought to live, but to die that we can have life. Thank you. Let us hang our hearts on that all the time because that's where we always celebrate. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Marysville Sermon Podcast. If you wanna keep up with us, like us on Facebook, Instagram, or visit our website at grove.church.